Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. This time I want to talk about some of the drama that's going on in the stock market and the bond market. Some of the impacts that may or may not have with the United States economy and this part of the globe. And then the global supply chain, which has an impact everywhere. Some of the numbers. This is basically BC before coronavirus. Most of these numbers are from February. Well, the ISM, the Institute of Supply Management, that does gauges of manufacturing and non-manufacturing. The manufacturing is about 50, which is just barely in expansion. The non-manufacturing, the services side of things, is 57, which is another sort of boom. Now, a lot of the data didn't really start coming apart until the first part of March. So the first part of April, we'll probably get some more reasonable updates. Inflation is fine. What has changed, though, is, well, oil's at 41. Actually, before I left the office, it was at 38. The Saudis need money. So do the Russians. So they're kind of glutting the market with all they can because they definitely need the income. And those of you that remember the Federal Reserve lowered rates, thank you, Fed. Last Tuesday, 50 basis points, a half a percentage point. So the three-month T-bills at 0.62, slightly above half a percent. The three-month, sort of indicative of where we are at the 10-year, which is under 1%, 0.92. Actually, it's a little lower this morning before I left. 30-year, 1.3. Okay. Is that going to have a huge effect on mortgages? Several questions. No, it's not. Mortgages are going to stay around two here for a while. You'll get a few opportunities for the high twos, low threes. But the mortgage business needs the margin. What is happening right now is everybody is free-falling into doing new refis. So when they do a refi, the mortgage that they did, let's say, a year ago, is somewhere securitized in the marketplace. That gets paid off, pulled out of the system, then a new security is created the day you close on that loan. So they're a little bit clogged right now. There's a lot of money coming and going. If you've got a loan started a week before the Fed lower their rates, you're fine. Markets have been a little gloomy last week. Hong Kong, China, the US, that's the S&P 500, Nikkei, everybody, kind of down. The route? Well, we're not sure, but there was a lot of potential profit-taking on the table, and we've been talking about that for months, in need of a correction, as I recall. The fact that they're using the flu as the reason is okay with me. I don't care why. I just hope that there's some cleansing in this process. Also, the yields. Now, the yields are way down. The 10-year and the 30-year, this is way down. It's a big correction. That's because the price has gone up. Yields are down, prices go up. They're a little bit different. Here is the S&P 500. They're in blue. Yes, it was doing fine, moving along. Bam, zip. The program traders had a reason. They started taking profits. They start taking more profits. And then if you get a day or two of nice corrections, like a thousand points, which happened very quickly. Then you inspire the short sellers, who are people that are betting that the market will go down. Some people struggle with a short sale. 
Very important adage in capitalism. Buy low, sell high. Well, makes sense. Short sellers believe in that too. They sell high first. And then before the trade has to clear a couple of days later, they buy what they sold low. That's selling the market short. There's a lot of that going on. A lot of the drama in the marketplace are the short sellers putting their algorithms and program trades into place. And as soon as the market starts to turn, they accelerate that as much as they possibly can. This is going to go on for a little while. Eh, quote me, 10 days. The markets will mellow. People will start selling out of their bond positions. And if you notice the yellow line there, that is the 7 to 10 year treasury. The line is the price. The price continues to go up, forcing the yield to go down. They are very expensive. Uh, they are very profitable. They are very rich. A lot of people are going to start selling out of their bond positions, including us, and buy some stocks. Just a natural course. So in a little while, this will be over. There is no reason to fear a huge unending correction. It's not going to happen. There's too many buyers out there. There's no reason to fear that, oh, this is a portent of a recession. It's not. You need two years of negative growth in your GDP, technically, to have a recession. There's no way that's going to happen here in 2020. We're going to take a hit on this. Hotels, airlines, cruise ships, open party venues have been canceled. But other sides of the coins, those that sell handy wipes or antibacterial or home theaters and that kind of stuff are doing real well. It'll work itself out. Besides, we won't know anything until end of April anyway. The numbers are just not going to be available until then. This is a 25-year history of the yield of the 10-year treasury. Every time there is an unpleasant event in the world, the yield comes down because the price went up. It's been going on 25 years. There's no inflation. There's not a lot of motivation other than safety and liquidity. We are now at a new low, meaning a high price, called the coronavirus. Right now, they're using the coronavirus as the reason. That's okay. The media does that. There's no mention of the 34,000 people that died of just the flu last year, just in the United States. Or the year before, the 62,000 people that died. That doesn't come up. Right now, this is the drama. And whatever it takes, it's how people react that makes us look and relook and reprice the market. Oil has had an interesting week, too. There's the S&P 500. Looks kind of bad. Look at West Texas Intermediate. Hardcore. The Saudis have got to have money. The Russians have got to have money. Since the government basically pays for everything in those two countries, they can't afford to hold off and hope that the price goes up. Historically, look at the red line here. That's Russian oil output. Looks very Russian, very consistent. All they hope is that the pipes don't rust. The green line there, that's the Saudis. Up and down, they've been trying to be an integral part of OPEC, controlling the price to keep it up. Hasn't worked very well. Look at the blue line. That's the United States. 14 million barrels a day, another new record last month. 
So there's going to be lots of oil for a long time. This is a great boom for airlines. Jet fuel is a huge cost to them, and it's cheap, and it's going to be cheap going forward. All they need now are people to sit in the seats. You will see some serious bargains the next couple of months, as the airlines will want you back. They'll promise to keep it clean, and they'll take you anywhere you want. The true impact of all of this stuff is the intermediate manufacturing. The darker the color here, I like that lavender, I guess, the darker the color, the more important intermediate manufacturers are. And in this case, the intermediate manufacturer is China. So they have a big impact in the United States, Russia, Australia, South America. It's the intermediate manufacturer that, if I can use Apple as an example, when Apple sells a phone, they get about 40% of the price of that phone for their margin. The people in China that assembled it get about 4%. That's part of the intermediate manufacturing because the phone didn't get put together and sent to California to get in a box to get on the shelf. All of these little components, the crystals for the camera, the seat belts, everything. It just goes on and on and on. All these little components, a lot of them are sitting and waiting in China. And I think that's going to have a rethink once again on how much dependence the world is going to keep in China. Empty skies. Airlines are going to be looking for seats. This is an estimate, but the amount of revenue seat miles is going to drop precipitously. Certainly, Mediterranean, Asia, Australia, a lot of these international flights are just disappearing. It's going to impact everyone. Whether the reason is valid or not doesn't matter. They have a reason. They're not going. There's going to be a lot more virtual meetings, a lot fewer meetings. Round two of, gee, let's go electronic and not have to fly there. Yeah, we'll go through another layer of this. The countries that are most susceptible to people buying from them and the top of the list has always been Germany. It's never been China, it's Germany. 90% of their GDP is based on trade. They've done a real good job of insulating themselves from Italy and Spain, but they still have to get people to want to buy something that got shipped to them from overseas. We'll be watching Germany closely. The rest of the world, the dependence upon global trade is going to have to drop. People are going to be doing more of that domestically. China's already hit. U.S. is down there in the high 20s. That's not going to change. I like to think that the drama in the marketplace here will be over soon. Whether it's the coronavirus or not, I'm sure the flu season's got only a month or so left. That'll work itself out. Right now, there would be some changes in the portfolios. Sell some bonds, make some money, buy some stocks because they're cheap. It's not a reason to be upset. I'm sorry about the drama, but... In a couple of weeks, I'll update you again. Meanwhile, I appreciate you joining me. And as usual, send the questions. I'm happy to deal with them at info at shwj.com. And have a good couple weeks.